Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is not abolishing or abandoning the law and the prophets. We see that. What is the law? Jesus is asked, what's the great commandment? This is it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all of the law. Do that. Love God. Love your neighbor. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today, we sometimes hear questions about whether Old Testament Scripture is still relevant and whether Christ followers are still subject to the Mosaic Law and the Ten Commandments. Today on The Verdict, we're dealing with these important questions on the heart of the law. Let's join Pastor John Monroe. Surely it can't be right that we must follow all of the rules and regulations in the Old Testament now that Jesus has come. But on the other hand, surely it can't be right to disregard all of these laws. They're given by God. These are important issues, and Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is explaining the heart of the law. All of the law and the prophets point to Jesus Christ. And now that Jesus has come, the law is seen in a different light. As Jesus says, He comes not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. God wants you to have a relationship with Him which is motivated by love, not by an outward legalistic observance of the law. Listen now as we hear from the Master Teacher. So let's first read together Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. According to Jesus, what is the place of the law? Now, our verses will help us tremendously. I'm going to say, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, and he's also the interpreter of the law. First of all, the law is not abolished by Jesus, but fulfilled. That's verse 17. Do not think, this is Jesus speaking, that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. There it is. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So verse 17, first statement about the law. The law is not abolished by Jesus, but fulfilled. Secondly, verse 18, the law is not passed away until heaven and earth pass away. Not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Jesus has come and the law is going to be seen in a different light. It's not going to pass away until everything is accomplished down to the minutest detail. So first, the law is not abolished by Jesus, but fulfilled, verse 17. 
Secondly, the law is not passed away until all is accomplished. Verse 18, verse 19, the law is not to be relaxed, but is to be obeyed and taught. Verse 19, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so, the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of God. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. As I, as I read that and studied that that, that, that shocked me. I thought, what on earth can that mean? On the face of it, it's an astonishing statement as the Pharisees and the scribes were well known for their meticulous observance of the law. So how can my righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees? Let's back up a little bit here. Jesus is not teaching salvation by works. Who's Jesus speaking to? Verse one, he's talking to his disciples, to those who have repented, to those who have believed in him. I, I say again, salvation is not by works. It's not by keeping the law. None of us could do that anyhow. Salvation is entirely through the pure and free grace of God based on the person and the redemptive work of our Lord Jesus. Here's the point Jesus is making, that we must now live righteous lives. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Seek first, says Jesus, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But listen, this is very, very important. God never intended our relationship with him to be a matter of fulfilling his laws through the discipline and determination of our own wills. That's what the Pharisees tried to do. Their spirituality was measured by their meticulous observance of the law. No. What does God seek? God seeks a love relationship with us. Not just an outward legalistic observance of the law. That's the scribes and Pharisees. Jesus is interpreting the law by dealing, as we will see, not so much with the external action, ah, but with the internal and with the personal love of our hearts. When the heart is right, and when there is that love relationship, these things follow, and these things then flow, not out of a sense of duty, not out of a sense of ticking the box, but out of a heart of love. So, back to our passage. Those who simply try to obey the rules to check the box, I've done this, I've done this, I've done that, will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's the point. The scribes and the Pharisees were so concerned with the outward, literal, and minute observance of the law that they missed the whole point. We will see that Jesus is not only concerned with the specific sins, such as murder and adultery and the other ones mentioned in, in Matthew 5. His primary concern is, do we love him? Are we following him obediently? 
That's why this interpretation of the, of the law in the following verses is so brilliant and also so convicting. Question is, do you love the Lord Jesus? If you love someone, you seek to please them. If you love Jesus, you will obey him. Jesus says that if you love me, you'll what? You'll keep my commandments. You'll do what you're told. You will humbly follow me. This is the righteousness of the true believer that we seek righteousness. We hunger and thirst after righteousness. And that flow, that godly desire that we have to follow Jesus and to please Jesus flows from a relationship of love for and trust in our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you get that? And in the following verses, 21 through the end of the chapter, we have six examples of a righteousness which exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Jesus is the authoritative interpreter of the law. Of course he is, he's God. All of this scripture is pointing to Christ. And now he comes. And notice the occurrence of an expression. For example, uh, we read in verse 20, for I tell you, now look at verse 21. You've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. Verse 22, but I say to you. Verse 26, truly I say to you. Verse 21, you've heard that we said you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you. Verse 31, it was also said, verse 32, but I say to you. Verse 33, again you've heard that it was said of old. Verse 34, but I say to you. Verse 38, you've heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you. Verse 43, you've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. You get the point? Jesus, in verses 21 through 26, gives an example of his interpretation of the law, and I'll very quickly deal with this one example, and we'll think of the others uh, later. Verse 21, so he's told us his relationship to the law, now he's going to demonstrate his brilliant interpretation of the law. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. That's true, that's the sixth commandment. That's right, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. Death. Verse 22, but I say to you, you ready for this? That everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you'll be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you'll never get out until you've paid the last penny. Here is Jesus giving his interpretation of the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. One of the 10 commandments, one of the big ones. Is murder wrong? Of course it is. Murder is an attack on the sovereignty of God. It's God who gives life. 
and God who takes life. Of course, murder is wrong. It's sinful. And Jesus is reaffirming that. Ah, but notice how Jesus interprets this commandment and brings it to fulfillment. But I say to you, yes, you've heard of old, you shall not murder. But I say to you. And what does Jesus do? He goes beyond the outward observance. Not only must you refrain from killing someone, you shall not murder. You ready for this? If you have anger in your heart, if you insult your brother, if you show contempt to someone, if you call someone an idiot, stupid, a fool, you are liable, verse 22, you are liable to the hell of fire. My. You think Jesus is soft? This is serious. This is how you can commit murder. And if you do that, if that's the way you treat people, you're liable to end in hell just as much as the individual who actually takes the life. You see, Jesus is saying that the commandment of murder is not just an act, but it's an attitude. You see, at the root of murder is anger. And if you've got this anger, Jesus is saying, seek peace with your brother whenever there's an anger between you. Now the importance of treating people with love, respect, dignity, and mercy is fundamental to the teaching of Jesus. Here it is. When you're angry with your brother, when you treat him with contempt, you need to resolve that anger as quickly as possible, Jesus is saying. What Jesus do, is doing? Is he abolishing the law? No, he's not abolishing the law. Murder is still sinful. Of course it is. Ah, he's giving a fresh interpretation of the law as the authoritative interpreter of the law because the law was pointing forward to Jesus. And now Jesus comes and says, yes, you've heard that of old. But his teaching leaves all of us wondering, do I have anger in my heart? Not just an outward action of murder, so I don't actually kill someone, but I treat them as if I want them excluded. I may have such hate in my heart against someone. I never want to see them. They're, they're stupid. They're a fool. I wish they were dead. Go away. Shouting. Insults. Curse words. We hear it. We hear it on the roads with drivers. We hear people shouting at referees uh, during a sports event. People shouting abuse to law enforcement officers. Think of the speech of some politicians, perhaps in your own family, colleagues at work, bosses, treating people with contempt. William Barclay gives this illustration. He says, there's a rabbinic tale of a certain rabbi, Simon ben Eliezer. He was coming from his teacher's house and feeling uplifted at the thought of his own scholarship, erudition, and goodness, puffed up, proud, a very ill-favored passerby gave him a greeting. The rabbi didn't return the greeting, but said, you raka. In Greek, in verse 22 uh, of our text, uh, the word is raka. It's translated in ESV as insult. So the rabbi 
insulted the man. You raka. How ugly you are. Are all the men of your town as ugly as you? Have you ever spoken like that to someone? Know how the passerby responds. That said the passerby, I do not know. Go and tell the maker who created me how ugly the creature he has made. Brilliant response, isn't it? Contempt. Just think of our world. We see it on Facebook. We, we hear it on the news. We hear it even from leaders. And, and how our language has come down and people are so angry at everyone. Says Jesus, that's murder. And the law, you shall not murder, is now fulfilled in Jesus as he gives this interpretation. You do not treat people like that. They're made in the image of God. God has made them, however they look, however they are, made in the image of God. And the Apostle John, following the interpretation of Jesus' teaching here, writes, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. That's what Jesus is saying. You hate your brother, you're a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. No, this is serious. So, as we conclude, what's Jesus doing? Jesus is not abolishing or abandoning the law and the prophets. We see that. Jesus is interpreting the law and fulfilling the law in light of his own person and ministry. So as a follower of Jesus, I'm not under the Mosaic law as an external code of conduct. It's very interesting. At the end of Matthew, when Jesus commissions his disciples to go and make uh, disciples of all of the nations to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He doesn't say, teach them the law and the prophets. He says, no, I want you to teach everything I commanded you. We're now under the law of Christ. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Paul says in Galatians 5 verse 14 that we fulfill the whole law when we love our neighbor as ourselves. He says we fulfill the law of Christ in Galatians 6 verse 2 when we bear one another's burdens. Am I free from the law? No, I'm not free from the law. I'm following the king. I'm following the interpreter of the law. And I demonstrate my love for him by obeying him humbly, following his commandments. I'm not under the law of Moses. I'm under the law of Christ. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through our Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have repented of their sins, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, have received the righteousness of Christ. And now, hear me, my dear brothers and sisters, we must characterized by righteousness. So again, I ask you, are you obeying King Jesus? How does that look like in your life? Are you obeying him? You say, what does that look like? It looks like this. Not only do we not murder, we're not angry and insulting. Not only do we not commit adultery, as we'll learn next week, we do not lust after someone's wife or husband or another woman or another man. Not only do we love our neighbors, we love our enemies, Jesus is going to say. You say, oh, 
this is too much. This is, how, how can this be accomplished? I'm, I'm overwhelmed with this. I'm glad you say that. Yes, we come short. We come short of the glory of God. But listen to the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is that you've broken the law. You've broken the Mosaic law. You've broken the law of Christ. Who has not had anger? Who has never had lust? Who has always loved their enemies? We're all sinful. We're all broken men and women and boys and girls. But the answer of the gospel is come to Christ. Acknowledge your brokenness and ask him for mercy and forgiveness and he'll forgive you. He's the one who died for our sins, was buried and rose again. Call out to him. And not only, please hear me, not only will Jesus Christ forgive all of your sins. That's a miracle. Another miracle is that the very spirit of Christ will live in you. So Paul says, it's not me who's living, no. It is Christ living in me. What is the law? Jesus is asked, what's the great commandment? This is it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all of the law. Do that. Love God. Love your neighbor. And ask the Spirit of God, if you're a follower of Christ, who indwells you, to give you strength, to give you insight, to, to give you an increasing desire to obey your Master, our magnificent Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul writes in Galatians 8, that the righteous requirement of the law, as interpreted by Jesus, I'm adding, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, that the very Spirit of God lives in us, convicting us, giving us the strength. And when we sin, we ask for forgiveness. And here then is what I must do. I must love Christ with all of my heart. I must trust Christ with all of my heart. And I must obey him, to trust him, to love him and obey him. And that will have a tremendous impact. Think of it, brothers and sisters, of the impact we will have when we follow Christ and we humbly obey the commandments of King Jesus. That's Pastor John Monroe, and you are listening to The Verdict. And today's message is called The Heart of the Law. If you ever want to revisit or share any of these Bible lessons, remember you can do that anytime by going to our website at theverdict.org. And as a thank you to our listeners, we'd like to send you a special resource that will help you clarify and deepen your understanding of what it means to follow Jesus on a daily basis. It's a helpful booklet by John called Life in the Kingdom. And it focuses on the very practical instructions Jesus gave His followers about how we're meant to live. Reach out today and request or download your free copy of Life in the Kingdom at theverdict.org. And while you're on our website, you'll have the opportunity to play a part in what God is doing through The Verdict this new year by making a generous donation to support this ministry. Your support will help us share God's Word with new listeners in your community and across the world. So if reaching others with the gospel is something you're passionate about, consider giving a special New Year's gift to support this ministry today. You can easily give whatever amount you feel led to by visiting theverdict.org or call us 
at 833-551-2231 or send a check through the mail by writing to us at The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? How do you view God's commands? I trust you haven't fallen into a legalistic observance of the law, checking box with a cold heart. The law and the prophets are summarized by Jesus as loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Pursue a love relationship with God. He loves you. Jesus died for you. Receive Christ and live a life of joyful obedience. Next time, Jesus deals with the important subject of sexual purity. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.